Welcome to On Topic Retro, episode 21. I'm John Cummins, and joining me tonight is Shannon Eno, the solo (laughs) Shannon Eno. (laughs) That's right. Not to be confused with uh, solo something. Yes. On Discord. (laughs) Uh, Tonight we're going to talk about The Legend of Valkyrie. This was the uh, Retro Rewind game for December, uh, chosen by the community. Uh, This was the... Uh, I kind of do these in series. So like this, this would have been a retro rewind where I picked games that weren't part of the NSO app. So I decided to do something different and found three arcade archive games that were on the switch eShop um, and let the community choose between those three. And this is the winner. It's surprisingly less people played than I, <laughs> than I thought. <laughs> Uh, we're going to play this game. It, yeah, the community picked and then apparently abandoned <laughs> yes. the game. <laughs> I was kind of hoping, uh, what was it? The, there was a dragon game that looked really cool. There was a shmup. Oh, yeah. It was in the mix. That's the one that I voted for. I, I think that might have been the one I voted for, too. But apparently we were outvoted. And then we, we were, were the yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I, I'm trying to, somebody... Somebody told me about this game a long time ago, and I think it was somebody in the community. They probably voted for this game and then decided not to come on. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, it's fine. We just we're going to talk a little bit about Legend of Valkyrie uh, with our limited experience, and we're just going to going to make do and do the best we can. So, with that said, uh, Shannon, you can go ahead and talk about your experiences first. All right. Well, uh, I I know that somewhere along the line, I feel like I've I've at least heard the name, but um, for the life of me, I don't know if it was just because it came up, you know, on the eShop or somewhere else. I I don't know. Um, but uh, so my first experience is uh, was this month doing it for the or in this last month doing it for the retro rewind. Um, and, uh, I played for a while and I kept thinking, man, this seems, I, I think I got three play sessions in, so it's not like I put in tons of time. Um, and I kept thinking, man, this, this seems a little long for an arcade game. Um, but, uh, maybe it's just cause I wasn't great. Um, but, uh, it turns out I got as far as the, um, almost to the last, uh, area of the game. Um, I was just one one level short. So you were in the seventh. I think, yeah, there's eight areas. So you were in the seventh area. Yes, as, as it turns out. <laughs> so might have to get in there and, and finish it up. Yeah, you're uh, close. You're a lot closer so, than I am. When I'm that close, yes, yes. So that's uh, pretty much my experience, my, my very limited experience with the game. Yes. Now, I do know that I didn't know much about this game. Just heard about it in passing, talking to people talking about it in Discord here and there. Uh, but I also have like Valkyrie is definitely a, a Namco character that shows up other places. Um, yes. So, you know, not putting the two pieces together to to know <laughs> that, but to find out later that this is a Namco game and you know that's where it comes from uh, was pretty neat. I don't honestly don't have a lot of experience with this. I 
probably played it twice and I didn't really get very far. It wasn't really grabbing me as much as I, th- I thought it would uh, watching the little trailer on the eShop. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of seeked out a, a uh, playthrough video and just happened, happened to find uh, a guy playing this game that does, that does a no damage run. And he just like breaks the game. Like it's pretty amazing. <laughs> I it was, it was I mean it might as well be a speed run like he just was nonstop I think he beat it in like forty minutes or something like that so yeah, it's crazy yeah yeah the person I, I saw uh, I did watch I did watch a playthrough to the end because I wondered how close I was to the end and it was it was a good forty plus minute so yeah I moved pretty quickly through it but uh, was not a no damage definitely definitely took a, a little bit of damage not near as much as I was but. Uh, <laughs> Definitely had a lot more experience and, and practice in the game, but yeah, you know, I, I, I'm kind of, it's one of those games that I, I think I could go back and, and play it from time to time. Obviously it's not going to be one that I'm like, you know, Oh, I gotta, I gotta replay. I gotta, I gotta get a high score. I gotta, you know, um, but I didn't, I didn't hate the combat and I know we'll get into that. Uh, um, it, it was, it was just some of the, uh, the jumping and the, platforming almost was it, was a little rough for me yeah it's one of those awkward platformers where like yeah. you almost didn't even need to put the platforming in the game right. like i think they could have done just fine without it but nonetheless yeah. it's there and uh it can definitely be a little hard to tell where you're where you're going or you know where you need to go right yes while jumping but uh, I mean, other than that, I I know you know you mentioned it uh, the seeing Valkyrie as a Namco character, you know, in things and or around and that reminded me I is is she show up maybe it's just in some way I'm trying to remember does she show up in in Smash Brothers? I, I feel I, like I think she's there's a... some kind of reference or something. Or, or I think she's one of the trophy characters. Trophy characters, yeah, something like that. Because when you said that, it it, it kind of clicked that I I know I've seen her in in things, um, but I yeah, that's that's where I was at. I was like, I know, I know I've seen the character in other Namco. Uh, I mean, I'm almost positive she's in Smash, especially with uh, with Namco doing some like co development on Smash. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I, I kind of think, um, you know. But, I mean, for as limited experience as I had and it not really grabbing me, it, like, it, I'm with you. Like, the combat is not the problem. It's it's definitely, like, traversal. And also, uh, we talked about this earlier before we started recording, and I don't, I don't think we mentioned it yet, but the... Uh, the game is not translated. So, you know, there's definitely some barrier there, some things that you need to be able to read that you can't read. Uh, not knowing at all what like some of the weapons are, or even like how the shops work at times. Like there, there's definitely some things that could be uh, changed to, to make the game better. <laughs> since it's, yeah, not in English. It's, it's a little rough trying to play and, and get any sense of what's going on in the story. And, and with everything being in Japanese, 
you know, a lot of arcade games that really wouldn't matter. Right. But in this one, you really feel like you're, you're missing out on something because there it's almost like they tried to put in some RPG. This is considered an RPG. Elements. Yeah. And, and throwing that in an arcade, then it kind of takes away something. If you can't, you, you know, you're going into huts, people are talking to you, they're giving you items, you're, the shops, you know, I, you you could definitely tell they're telling you something about the items, but I, I have no idea. And even playing around with it, I couldn't figure out what buying any of the items really did differently. Sometimes, sometimes it seemed like it changed the way my weapons worked or, you know, changed the weapon. But then other times it seemed like it didn't make much of a difference at all. So I, I really couldn't tell. You know, I definitely, and, and yeah, so definitely I, I think that it. barrier is a, is an issue <laughs> with the game. Yeah. Um, you know, so if it you would could be much more enjoyable. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I would have liked to have seen them, you know, it's not like there's so much text that it would have been, you know. No, been, it would just, I mean, and there might even be a guide out there. there. I bet there's a guide. Is. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But, uh, but yeah, it, it would have been nice to see some kind of English thrown in there some way so that we could have some idea what was going on, what you were choosing to do, um, what you were, what the game was even telling you to do, really. Which, whenever we get to development, we, we can discuss a little bit why this game is how it is. Um, I do remember reading up on that a little bit. Um, and if, if we're done with experiences, we can go ahead and get into some of the game discussion itself. Seems like Sounds we're kind of getting there anyway. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Yeah, this is a this is an arcade game first. Uh, so in March first in Japan of 1989, uh, this released an arcade, and then shortly after in Japan on August 9th of 1990, this got a console port uh, to the PC Engine, and it's it's definitely a watered down version compared. Like I, I all the stuff that I was seeing was like the arcade version is the way to go. Um, and I think that's kind of why it never left that console. <laughs> you don't really <laughs> see it other places. Yeah. And then as we found out just like five minutes ago, uh, this game apparently was, <laughs> was a part of the <laughs> Namco museum volume five on the PlayStation, uh, released on November 26th of 97 in the U S which is pretty late. Like for a PlayStation, right? Or I guess that's really like halfway through yeah. the. I'm trying to remember when did when did PlayStation Two come out? Two thousand around sometime in. Yeah, so this was probably the middle because I think yeah. PlayStation was what ninety four, ninety five. Yeah, I think so. So that would be, I guess, about middle 
Yeah. It's just so long ago to think about. Like, that's 25 <laughs> years ago. Right. Uh, but, yeah. And then also, as you know, as we were playing it on the – as the Arcade Archives version on the Switch, which was released uh, April 14th of this year. So, like, this is a rel- – or of last year. Sorry. We're not, we're not in 22 anymore. Um, but yeah, so it, this, this is an arcade game and it doesn't seem like it would be an arcade game. (laughs) No. And kind of to the, like reading up on it with the development, which we can move into because it's pretty much it on the, the overview. Um, when they were developing this game, it's actually a sequel to a game that was on the Famicom. <laughs> and the Famicom game played more like a Legend of Zelda game. So it was like a top-down... Uh, I mean, it's on the Famicom, so it even looks more like Zelda. Like the sprites and the overworld and everything. The combat's more Zelda-like. Okay. Um, so whenever they were going to develop the sequel from what it sounds like is like the the newer consoles weren't around yet and they were like well we want to do something you know had a bigger vision for it so that's whenever they developed it for an arcade board instead which kind of changed the dynamic of how the game works so that's where we get the more like shmup like gameplay because it fits more with how arcades were at that time and just doing a little bit of digging, like finding the uh, the person that created this game was a uh, character artist at Namco named uh, Hiroshi Fuji. And kind of reading up a little bit about him, he was like before he got into games, he he was working for Namco like in their toy department, like their he designed toys and and things of that nature. So he kind of got thrown into to this whenever Namco's uh, other departments, you know, kind of went wayside after video games came along. Yep. (laughs) And got sucked in and, you know, was dealing with arcade stuff at this point, I guess. And then he was uh, teamed up with a designer (laughs) that I guess we only know him by his uh, pseudonym of uh, Kawakaman. I, I'm horrible with names, so like that's that's what you're gonna get. That's, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't do any better. So, <laughs> and <laughs> excuse me. So yeah, these guys were kind of forced into this from the sounds of it, and uh, like I said, they're they're developing this for an arcade cabinet, so it's it's got lots of changes that have to be made to how the game plays compared to the original game. And just seeing the original game, like you can, you can still see this game in it, but like, it's definitely more, like I said, it's more Zelda inspired, uh, by looks and like how it plays. And I guess it's cited that the, uh, inspiration for the, the story of, of both of these games are like, just like a middle age, uh, time period, which kind of gives us the, uh, Norse, mythology type characters that we get with Valkyrie and just all the the other things that are going on. It's supposed to feel like kind of like Northern Europe uh, feel to it. And just kind of reading up on it, the 
the intention of the, what they wanted, like their mind was telling them they were going to make this big open world <laughs> game <laughs> with all these, you know, moving sequences, different seasons, different, all these different areas uh, that you could tell were different just by looking at them. Uh, but then whenever, you know, in reality, you're putting this on an arcade cabinet at this time, they were all vertical style monitors because you were like, that's just what they were at that time. And uh, pretty much none of this was possible. So that's why we, right. we kind of get what we get <laughs> And yep. I mean, just playing the game, you can just tell that it wants to be more than what it actually is. Yeah. And like it, and it's kind of stuck in that middle ground. It's not quite an RPG and it's not really a full shmup either. Like there's just like, like I was telling you before we started recording, like it, that what I see a lot of people try to compare it to is like Pocky and Rocky, how it's kind of set up, but seeing the yeah, original game being like a Zelda, like, like you can see the, like just kind of the traversal and stuff as well. Yeah. That Pocky and Rocky comparison is, it, it's not, it's not a perfect comparison, but, but it gets you an idea of kind of what, to you expect for the for the combat yeah right? like if, if so, you hadn't seen it and we just said that you would give you a, yeah. an idea you give you at least an idea and you're walking around and you're but it, you're so your character is kind of walking around the map um but you're you're shooting things coming at you kind of like a like a, sh- a shmup but but it's not scrolling though it's not auto scrolling scrolling yeah. or anything like that um i also think you could you could it'd be fair to um kind of compare it to like a gauntlet as well yes um but not as it, it never has like overwhelming yes amounts enemies, of enemies either yeah. so <laughs> it's just but then but then they added in all the platforming ish <laughs> uh sections and and just really yeah it's it's kind of hard to to really describe yeah it's kind of stuck trying to be too many things at once yep yep which i think kind of gets back trying to be yeah they were trying to make it this big thing and and really had these big ideas um and i don't know if that's partially you know inexperience on these guys parts or just you know, to know what, what really was going to be possible in this arcade cabinet at this time. Yeah. I mean, to me, they just sound like developers, man. You're a dreamer and you, you want all these things. And when it comes down to it, you just, you have to get creative. I mean, they made a pretty remarkable game, like with all the different things that are going on. And really at this time, there's not really a whole lot like it. Um, but playing it through the lens of, you know, today's availability of, of different games that you can kind of, it kind of gets lost. And, you know, if I would have played this in, in 1989, you know, I probably would have a totally different view on it, but knowing, knowing what I do now, (laughs) (laughs) it definitely plays out a little bit differently than, than what you're used to. Yeah. It would be interesting to play it with a vertical, um, you know, with a proper yeah. vertical 
monitor. Which, does it have the ability to switch? I was just wondering that. I have no idea. I guess I didn't play around with, with any of the options because that would be very interesting to see if it did because that was part of my problem the on those. bars on the... Yeah, you know, and, and it you can't... shrinks the screen. You can't see. Yeah, you, it kind of shrinks the, the screen and then you you kind of get hit unfairly because stuff is happening, you know, on the screen before you can really see it. And so yep. you jump, you get hit, and you, you know, knocks you off and, and stuff. And so, um, but with a vertical, with a proper vertical display and everything, that it, it might it might feel a little different. It'd be interesting. And then I seen a little side note for the uh the characters in the um designer that goes by kokuman uh it says that they're supposed to excuse me supposed to be heavily inspired by the wizard of oz which i i I gotta tell you i didn't really get that (laughs) no yeah that's what i'm saying just kind of looking at even like the enemies like i'm not really seeing it and again i don't know where that's cited from but it was just doing research that's something i read about it uh and then the last thing here is that the development team originally wanted this game to be like a four-player game uh sort of like gauntlet uh with a leakable cabinet feature you know how multiplayer cabinets worked Mm -hmm. um at that time and you could just have several cabinets lined up and uh but this this this, <laughs> this really didn't work. Uh, I mean, that's how how you know Gauntlet works so well as a four player cabinet because everyone can play on the same one, and the characters are a lot smaller. Like the sprites in this game, like are pretty good size. It'd probably be pretty yeah. tough to be have four of them doing things at the same time on the screen. So I guess right. that's probably why they were wanting to do a you know linkable cabinet. Uh, All right, so I just popped in to the game real quick, and you can switch the display direction on your Switch. Um, <laughs> You're going to want to play with the Joy-Con off, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so I, I'll have to play around with that more and see if that really... I thought that changes. most of those arcade archives games had the ability to go vertical because a lot of yeah. the games were designed in that way. And I think that's right. kind of what brought along uh, the flip grip in whenever it came about. Right. So that you could switch the orientation of the switch, but still connect your controllers to it. Right. Yeah. So that's something I'll have to kind of play around with more to see if that really kind of makes a difference for, you know, really kind of seeing and getting the idea of uh, how it was, you know, developed, and if it changes up my thoughts on some of the it, some of the platforming. Yeah, as I say, it might make some of the platforming a little easier. Because to me, the the game, the the shooting, you know, combat aspect of it is not bad. Right. It's it's a lot of times it's just the how the traversal feels, which. Yep. You know, a lot of games at that time struggled with, you know, figuring yeah. out how, how to make characters move and feel fluid and everything. So yep. that's pretty much everything I have for development. 
we can move right along and, and talk about this story that nobody would know unless they read the, the wiki article, uh, which, you know, neither one, we're all playing, we're playing this game and you can't read anything. So we have no, you know, just, right. you can kind of see that there's little cutscenes, there are things going on, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but you don't really have any idea. And then, like you said earlier, you're reading this and you're like, oh, that's what was what was going that's on right. right there. So I, I think once you're done reading what the story is, um, I'll tell you what what my version of the story is, not knowing Japanese. Okay, we'll do that. That sounds fun. <laughs> so this is a little long-winded, but we'll get through it. Um, so as I mentioned before, this game's a sequel. Uh, so this game continues after the events of the first, uh, following the restora- restoration of peace to the kingdom of Marvel Land and the inhabitants of Zandra land. <laughs> These are horrible <laughs> names. Notice that their kingdom becoming a uh, barren of resources with the crop fields, providing the Zandra lands people food drying up. This is not even written very well. Should have probably <laughs> proofread this before I just threw it in there. Uh, in an effort to save his family and home, uh, Carino, Zandra embarks on a quest to retrieve a mis- mystical item called the Golden Seed, said to grant the wishes of whoever drops it into the Northern Spring. After beginning his search of the Golden Seed, Zandra is joined by Sab- Sabina, a member of the <laughs> Guacaman tribe, imagine that, and <laughs> Zul, a former bandit who has a map potentially leading to the seed. Following the map leads to the trio to an odd formation of rocks with a golden trident atop them, which becomes Xandra's primary weapon. Uh, one evening, the three encounter an old woman in the forest, advising them to visit a abandoned village that had been destroyed many years ago. As they investigate, Xandra and the company are met by a warlord, uh, Camus, and his group of soldiers. Uh, Camus is responsible for spreading the destruction and chaos across the Marvel land, and is also looking for the golden seed to enslave the inhabitants of the kingdom and make them his personal slaves, which is the exact same thing. Attacking Xandra and his friends, just as the situation begins to escalate, the a mythical warrior named Valkyrie descends from the heavens and chases away Camus and his soldiers. Uh, Valkyrie agrees to join Xandra, Zabina, and Zul to put an end to Camus and retrieve the golden seed. After making their way to the northern spring, Valkyrie and Xandra encounter Camus once more and manage uh, to defeat him before he drops the golden seed into the spring. With their mission fulfilled, Valkyrie bids farewell to Xandra and his friends as she leaps back into the heavens. All right. So that's the Japanese, apparently, uh, version of what's actually happening in the story. <laughs> I will tell you that uh, you will get none of that it, uh, just playing this game uh, if you don't if you don't apparently know Japanese because the game starts with you this whole thing about this um, this guy searching for this seed and everything none of that is is conveyed just in what you're able to to make out what's happening you start the game as um as Valkyrie standing in a cloud talking to somebody, you drop down to the land and you see somebody getting slapped around, which I <laughs> guess 
might be Sandra. <laughs> yes. I, I, I'm guessing. And just getting the crap beat out of him. Um, and, uh, and then you talk to him maybe. And, uh, and then you just go around um, throwing your weapons at uh, enemies on the screen and entering uh, random huts for the first level, at least talking to people and having them give you treasures and um, setting off uh, setting off um, what I, what I guess are supposed to be some kind of cut scene um, with story. And uh, then you walk around and just keep jumping from platform to platform over fire, lava up in the clouds um, you end up at a castle where you end up doing what can only be described to me by me as a precursor to mode seven, because it, it, it's just kind of weird. You, you, you walk into a catapult and you're thrown up in the air, even though it appears that Valkyrie should be able to fly, but she's got to keep jumping over all these things. But anyway, yes. she's thrown up in the air to a different part of the castle, but when it zooms up, and kind of rotates a little bit. It almost looks like mode seven. It's, um, it's but it stutters a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, and then the random um, people, the just like you'll you'll just encounter random people that maybe they're part of Xander's crew. I'm not really sure. Um, and and you will save some of them. There's some some of them dressed up like animals it appears um and uh and then around the corner from time to time you'll stumble across the exact same shopkeeper who um will offer you three items they i could not tell if they're supposed to be randomized um or if they're the same in that spot every time but it seemed like sometimes i would get like two of the two of the three items would be the same um you get gold by defeating the enemies but the money will kind of fly all over the screen and, and you, you gotta have go to get go it facing it down <laughs> um so i spent more time doing that than than fighting the enemies i think um and uh it's supposed to upgrade your weapons and your shielding a little bit i guess the stuff you're buying sometimes it seemed to work sometimes it didn't seem to make much of a difference to me um and uh then you'll randomly come across well probably not randomly if you know where you're going but all of a sudden you'll just be against a boss area or a boss and then move to the next area after you beat yeah. the boss um <laughs> I watched the game being beaten since I didn't quite get to that last area and, and beat the game yet. Um, and in the end, but in the end of the story, you just see all the people um, joining hands and circling the entire world all the way around holding hands. Yep. Congratulations. You win. So that's <laughs> the actual story. <laughs> if you don't know Japanese. Uh, nice. I think some of the, I was reading a little bit and I think some of the story is found uh, on like promotional things. It's like posters <laughs> and like different stuff. It's probably at the time spread all over the arcades of Japan, you know? Yep. Um, I mean, if you were to play this game and then read the official story, 
you'd think you were reading the description for the wrong game because <laughs> there is nothing about Xandra going on. The, you're not, you never play as Xandra. You, Xandra well, has no bearing in this. You just you, seem to play as... You play as Xandra if you play two players. So players two is Xandra. Uh, see, now I did not play two. Is, is, I thought, is Xandra then a lizard? Because I thought I yes. read some... Oh, oh okay. So Xandra is even a lizard, which yes. makes even less sense to me now. But okay. <laughs> well, and just just kind of reading this and how it's set up and how there just happens to be four of them, it almost tells me that this story was fleshed out whenever they still had the, the thought that this was going to be a four-player gauntlet-style game. Yes. And then they had to drop two characters out of the, <laughs> out of the gameplay, so... They're still in the story, though. They still maybe they're, you know, added in as the people that you run into uh, eventually in the game. But yeah, you player two, you do play as uh, Sandra. Okay. Well, all right. Well, then I guess Sandra does have it. Uh, although I I like the fact that the name the the land is named after him. Um, yes. So he must be like some kind of royalty or something. Yes. So I don't know how that continues the events of the first game now, never, you know, not having the chance to play the first game, whether or not Xandra is the main character or not. I don't know. But yes, it's, it's a, it's an interesting uh, thought, but yes, if you, if you just play the game and then you read this story, you won't necessarily think you're playing the same game. Yeah, and I believe that in the first game you still play as Valkyrie. So I guess it, it is the legend of Valkyrie, so I guess yes. that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's that's the story. There's a lot more there than you'll actually get from the in-game. So enjoy. Uh, <laughs> we'll go ahead and move along and talk a little bit about the gameplay. Because they label this game as a action adventure RPG, which I don't think you could get away with today. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, you kind of have to pick pick one of those at least. Like this could be so many things. Uh, as we mentioned before, player one is Valkyrie, and if you play two players, uh, the second player will be Valkyrie's lizard friend, Xandra. Uh, uh, which okay. I didn't play two players either. I read that. Um, I didn't even in the playthroughs that I watched. No one played two players. So right. this guy, like we would never even see him on the, <laughs> without <laughs> that or know that he's there. Right. <clears throat> uh, just real basic stripped down notes for gameplay. Cause I didn't really get to play as much of this game as I wanted to, but uh both characters can shoot projectiles, which is what gives it kind of the shmup feeling when you're playing it. Uh, 
there is a time limit. And I did think it was kind of cool how it was uh, shown as an hourglass. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, like it's a nice touch. Like you don't see that anymore. Um, really, you just don't see time limits for games much anymore. But, you know, instead of having just digital numbers counting down, like there's an actual hourglass uh, counted down for you. And as you explained earlier, both players can get coins from fallen enemies, uh, as well as another type of currency that looks like a bubble. Mm -hmm. Um, Both can be exchanged for items. Uh, The coins can also be exchanged for spells. Uh, Apparently the bubbles are for more powerful items that are probably more useful later in the game. I didn't really, I, I never even got to a place where you could exchange the bubbles. I, I, so in the playthrough that I saw, um, when he f- was fighting the last final boss, it looked, it, it looked like he did something that, um, made like all those bubbles that he collected, um, like shoot out from him as like some super powerful attack. Or maybe but, that's what it, yeah, maybe that's what's going on but i could never really figure out i wouldn't even have known how to do that (laughs) so yeah but it looks like he saved him up though so i'm wondering if it's something that you can you can use as like you know and the more you the more you collect the stronger that's probably your the attack is or something that's probably it uh there's also treasure treasure chests that can be found uh these also hold items uh, I did notice in the playthrough that I watched, like there was some different attacks, like some that looked like it just put flames like all around him, and, like killed everything on the screen almost. Yeah. So maybe that's something he got from a chest. I don't know. I never got that far <laughs> <laughs> to use one. So, uh, yep. It did look cool. And like I said, the one that I watched was a no damage so this guy was just like tearing stuff up he was about to seek that out yeah you'll have to find that yeah it's it's awesome uh we also mentioned there's eight areas in this game uh which do provide like a good variety of different areas uh like you mentioned there's some that are just like some grasslands and then there's sometimes you're in the clouds sometimes you're jumping across lava Unlike these there's little stones. Ice. There's ice. Yeah, so like they, they do a pretty good job with changing up the the scenery in the game. So I will give them that. Mm-hmm. And then after you complete the uh, the eight areas, you get to have a showdown with uh, Camus, which he seemed like, I mean, seemed like a pretty good boss. Uh, the sprites in this game are awesome. Like, that's yeah. one of the big draws to the game is the is the sprite work. Yeah, he uh, the the um, guy that was uh, the character artist. I was I was pretty impressed with the. This game looks nice. It really does look nice, especially for something that was developed even in arcades. You know, in eighty nine. Yeah, um, it, it has a nice look to it. Mm-hmm. For sure. And then we just have a small note for the music because we both seem to enjoy the, the music maybe even more so than the game itself. Uh, <laughs> the composer is Hiroyuki Kawada. Yep. And 
I don't know if he's, this guy could be a musical legend. I, I have, don't know that I've ran across him as a composer in a game, but um, the, the music's definitely worth listening to. You might even like try to find the soundtrack somewhere. I'll definitely add some into the uh, show for the yeah, breakups. I, I was trying to figure out if, um, if uh, any of the music is in all the tracks in uh, Smash Brothers Ultimate, um, because it really, it really is worth a listen. I it was a, I was actually humming it afterwards. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's because, pretty catchy because it it is pretty it is pretty catchy. And and I was saying before the show started that it it sounds like it came out of a super Nintendo, which is one of the highest compliments I can give music yeah. from this time. Cause I, I mean, it's arcade cabinets. So it's going to probably have a better than average sound chip in it. Right. Um, cause it, it really is, it really is good. So it's definitely worth listening to. Um, you'll, you'll jam to it. Oh yeah. Like I said, I'll add, if I could find it, I don't know how obscure it is out there. If I can, you know, I, I, I try not to go as far as to like capture it my, myself because that's a lot of work, <laughs> but uh, right. I can usually find some, uh, some cuts and samples of it, of music. So if I could find yeah. it out there, I'll definitely throw it in the, the episode so everyone can get a chance to listen to it. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, though, that's pretty much the game. Like, being an arcade game, it's pretty simple. I mean, we probably even make it sound more simple than it even is. Uh, but it's at its core, it's I guess it can be considered an RPG because you're kind of traversing areas and finding things, and uh, but it also has that shmup feel because you can upgrade your attacks and uh, just the way the enemies kind of come into the the areas. Uh, kind of gives it that feel, but so I guess maybe yeah. it is an action adventure RPG. I guess that that kind of works. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. With that, with that out of the way, we'll move into the final bit of the show and do the outro. kind of talk a little bit about it. I know you've been streaming a little bit. Yeah, so I do have, do some streaming on Twitch. Uh, um, just search for me. I'm Spidershan8 on there. Um, can't say that I uh, am the most consistent streamer as far as a schedule goes. Uh, I usually kind of wherever work allows is it is work kind of ebb and flows and um but uh i like to play uh nintendo and super nintendo games that um are i mean primarily it's been those two systems but uh, i'm sure i'll throw in some games from other systems too but 
uh, usually retro, usually games that people kind of forget existed or wouldn't necessarily pick up and 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 try uh, games like Princess Tomato uh, for the Nintendo. Or this one, and uh, <laughs> you should maybe do a stream of this. Yeah, so, or this one exactly. <laughs> maybe I should. Um, just uh, some weird stuff, you know, Maniac Mansion. Um, right now, I've been playing through slowly working my way through uh, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, which is probably a little more known, but uh, definitely not. You know, it's it's got a bad reputation, which is really undeserved. Um, it's actually a pretty good game. Um, and uh, I do post the videos after the fact on to YouTube, um, which is also, uh, if you search for Spider-Shan, you'll, you'll find me there as well. So um, hopefully we'll keep uh, moving forward and, and getting some more streams. I've got some ideas for some games and also some um, some kind of, interesting challenges for myself um once i get some more time hopefully as we head into probably but that uh yeah probably later later this year maybe maybe uh summertime so <laughs> but uh yeah check me out awesome there <laughs> yes definitely go check out uh even just past streams like do a great job definitely put some yeah. interesting things out Thanks. there um be sure to join us next time for uh a episode on super smash bros. Uh, it's going to be a pretty quick turnaround. I'm going to try to, to do this show next week. So if you're listening to this, be on the lookout, uh, shortly afterwards. Um, not as long of a wait this time. And I think I got a pretty good group of guys, uh, lined up to, uh, pop on and, and talk about this just from the quick announcement on discord that I needed somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah hopefully hopefully more people have played uh super smash yeah, brothers so. than uh legend of valkyrie i hope so <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see how the turnout goes everyone always says they want to come on and then whenever it comes down to the wire you see who really wants to come on <laughs> that's right everybody should do it and everybody should go out and play uh fire nice too which is the next retro, yes. rewind, retro rewind for january it's on nso yep. Yep. Let's do it. Let's it's get a big group. That's man. That's the, uh, sequel to Solomon's key, right? Which is a fantastic game. I love that. Yes. game. Yep. So. Yeah. I mean, don't be afraid to, uh, I mean, I've, I've only played some bits and pieces, but I'm really looking forward to diving in more, but I'd say, uh, if you're, if you're not sure about fire, nice, um, just don't don't just look at the artwork and get turned away like uh seek out a little video um because there's some great videos of of people playing through the game and um it's actually a really cool little puzzle game so if it's anything like solomon's key like it's that's a fantastic game uh and if you want to know more about that i did a microsode on solomon's club which is the game boy port of solomon's key they're almost identical so i talk at large about that yep. game because it's worth it worth playing but yeah that's it we'll see you guys for smash bros next time and thanks for listening on topic retro uh, we're part of the retro logic family of podcasts which is in a weird way also a part of the nintendo dad's family of podcasts 
Uh, if you'd like to send in your personal experiences for the next show, which would be Super Smash Bros., uh, and you're not a part of our Discord, uh, you can either send them uh, to the email address of ontopicretro at gmail.com, or you can join our wonderful non-toxic RetroLogic Discord. And uh, you can visit RetroLogic.games for details on how to join there. It's absolutely free. We don't charge a dime, and it's one of the best video game communities around. Uh, plenty of plenty of 100%. good good people there that uh, just just love playing games and love to build everybody up. And you don't have to worry about getting uh, run <laughs> run over by negative things that seem to follow people around on the internet. Uh, it's it's a just a super fun place to come hang out with uh, no worries uh, and you also don't have to be a collector or anything like that it's just even if retro to you is is the we yep. you know we've got um, we've got uh, it, it doesn't matter if you were original nintendo or before or if you we, we do you we know, have a good or, or if the Wii was your first system, blend so, of yep. uh, generations on there you know plenty of people who's like you said their first console was a wii or a, you know maybe even a wii u <laughs> i don't know how <laughs> right so uh yep. <laughs> so yeah it's it's definitely a good place you'll fit in no matter what your background is we we just like talking video games and that's all it is um but yeah thanks thanks for uh, joining us for this episode and stay tuned for uh some more later we'll see you guys later bye now yeah